So we're finishing up our series tonight on relationships, and um, it's been it's been a great month. All month long, we have been answering one big question, and that's this: How can we find and maintain healthy relationships? How can we find and maintain healthy relationships? And this month, we've been focusing on dating relationships because I think that it's vital to be able to answer this question in every relationship that we have in our life. Every relationship should be a relationship where we are maintaining, finding healthy relationships and maintaining those healthy relationships. But it's vitally important in the midst of dating relationships because in the midst of dating relationships, it's unlike any other relationship where we hand someone our heart and it either has the potential to grow us or damage us. And so it's really, really important that as we either enter the world of dating or whether we've been in the world of dating, wherever you fall in that spectrum of dating, it's really important that we are able to answer this question. How do we find and maintain healthy relationships? And we started all the way back at the beginning of February, and we said the first way that we can find and maintain healthy relationships is to define our dream. And just say, what is it that you want your future marriage to look like. That's not something that we think about very often as middle school and high school students, but it's so important that we begin thinking about that. What do you want? Let's define that. Let's flesh that out. And I gave you a piece of paper with a bunch of questions on it to get you started, but I hope that you've taken some time this month and you've written down some things that you want in your future marriage. Because when we define where we're headed and where our goal is, it affects the relationships we allow into our life and which relationships we put our distance from. And so I hope that you've taken a chance uh, to to kind of flesh that out a little bit this month, or at least started thinking about it. Uh, The first thing we need to do is we need to define our dream. Second thing, this was last week. We talked about this this idea that the important thing is that we move toward our dream, That, that we don't completely shut down and are terrified of dating and we don't say, all right, I'm never going to date and until later. And um, it's so vital that we move toward our dream, but we have that clear vision of where we're headed. And on the way, we're guarding our hearts and we're improving ourselves. And so as we step toward that dream, I want to encourage you to be thinking about your future and be thinking about who it is that you would like to have as a future spouse. And, and then that way, when someone comes in and they're interested in you and uh, you get all excited because you're interested in someone or someone's interested in you, you can then hold that up and say, all right, is this taking me toward my dream or is this kind of taking me on a detour? And, and you can decide which relationships are best for you uh, if, if we are moving toward a dream while guarding our hearts and improving ourselves. And <clears throat> tonight, we are simply going to talk Uh, about this idea, and we're going to talk about the final step in what we can do uh, to find and maintain healthy relationships, and it's all about this. It's all about maintenance. It's all about never stop improving. It's all about continuously, continuously improving yourself. I was, uh, I brought something with me tonight uh, that I don't break out very often. Um, This is my guitar, Uh, When I was in high school, I decided I wanted to learn to play the guitar. Like, that was my dream. I wanted to play the guitar. I thought it would be awesome if I could learn to play the guitar. About that same time, 
Uh, I was a freshman in high school. Our youth group started this thing where you could come early and learn different areas to help lead in the student ministry. And so one of those areas was our guy that led worship was going to teach people guitar and then they could help him lead worship. And I was like, dude, that is awesome. That is for me. So I went out, I bought a cheap guitar and I started kind of learning some of the just really basic chords, you know, like uh, the G chord. I don't know if this is in tune. Uh, And the D chord. Right? And uh, I learned some of the really basic stuff. And I, I remember I practiced. I practiced getting my fingers in just the right spot so that the, all the strings would sound through, uh, sound out clearly. And I, I would practice switching the chords quickly. And so then I would practice fingers in the right spot, switch, fingers in the right spot, switch. And I did that for a really long time. And then I practiced strumming and switching which was a lot of fun. And, and I practiced this every day. And so I remember I would go into my room and I would shut the door. And this probably drove my parents absolutely insane, but I would shut the door and I knew about three chords. I knew G, C, and D, which you cannot play very many songs knowing those three chords, G, C, and D. And I would turn on the radio and I would strum those three chords to any song that came on the radio. I would just practice strumming. And uh, it, the chords were obviously not the chords that were being played on the radio, but I strummed and I strummed and I strummed and I played and I played and I played. And I finally got to the point, finally got to the point where I could play on Wednesday nights and help lead worship. And I was pumped because I finally was able to play the guitar. And then I, uh, when I graduated high school, I actually got this guitar. I was really excited. It's a little bit of a step up from my original guitar. And, uh, and I was pumped. I was practicing and I was playing. But then I, I went to college and uh, something started to happen. Uh, I started getting involved in other stuff. And pretty soon, um, you know, like I, I knew my major chords, right? I could play the, the major ones, the G and the D and the C. Um, but then things, I would try to play songs on the radio and I would look up tabs on the internet. And that was really, really difficult and um, really hard to learn. And so I just kind of kept going back to G, C, D, maybe an E minor in there somewhere. That was about all that I knew. And before long, what happened was I went from playing the guitar every day because I had this dream, like I wanted to play the guitar and I, I, I could play the guitar. I could play the, the very basic elements of the guitar. And what happened was, when I achieved that dream, my guitar got set down. And it just, for a while, sat on a stand in my room. And I thought, all right, I'm going to see that in my room every day. And uh, it's going to, hold up there, guitar. It's going to encourage me to play. And I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to play it from time to time. And I'm going to learn and get really good. Um, And it sat there for a while, a long while, and I would see it and be like, yeah, I should probably play that. I should probably work on that. But, you know, I'm doing this other stuff. And then before too long, my room kind of got cluttered and things got uh, messy. And so my guitar went into its case and got shut up and got put in a closet and in a corner. And now my guitar sits out of the way 
under my bed. Have you guys experienced relationships that look like this? Maybe your parents' relationships, maybe other adults that you know, maybe you've seen dating relationships that look like this where it's one of those things where, man, if I could just be with her and then you're with her and then, all right, I'm dating her, now what? It's so important. It's so important that when we achieve our dream, we've talked all month long about having this dream, chasing this dream, moving toward this dream. It's so important that when we achieve that dream, we continue to improve ourselves. That's why I was so intentional about the words that I used when I talked about that major question we're answering this month. Because it's not just about finding the right relationships. It's not just about finding healthy relationships. That's really important. And for right now, that's where you guys are at. That's the stage you're in. But I, I, I want to jump into the future and look forward. And I know that by the time you get to the future, you will have long forgotten this lesson. But my hope is that there will be a little piece that sticks in the back of your mind. And you will say, oh, I, I heard this somewhere. And you will have long forgotten about me and what I said, but there will be something that sticks with you that says it's more than just about finding healthy relationships and getting to the dream of being married. It's about continually improving and maintaining that relationship. You see, because if a relationship stops growing, if a relationship stops growing, if we stop improving, it starts to die. And you guys have seen this. Some of you have experienced this firsthand, and it's so vital that we continue to improve our relationships. So how do we find and maintain healthy relationships? We define our dream. We define what that looks like with crystal clarity, and we know exactly where we're headed. And then we move toward that dream. And and as we're moving, we're improving ourselves, and we're guarding our hearts, and, and we're using that dream as a measure for what we allow in our lives and what we push out of our lives. And then when we achieve that dream, we continue to grow. We never stop growing, and we never stop improving. In Ephesians, Paul is writing to a church in Ephesus, and um, he, he writes a lot about relationships and the way that people should treat each other. And in Ephesians chapter 5, he starts to move into this idea of marriage and what marriage should look like. And he says this in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5, through 24, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit, to, to submit in everything to their husbands. Now let me stop there because some of you are immediately zoning out because I'm saying wives submit to your husbands. Hang with me. Because I think Paul is very intentional in the way that he words this. We have to remember, Paul was writing to a very masculine culture. He was writing to a culture where men were in charge and women were subservient. 
you'll notice he says, wives submit to your husbands, but he doesn't give any details about what that looks like. You know why? I think, now, this, this is just from my own head, okay? I think that he doesn't give any details because women knew what that looked like. They were treated so poorly in that culture and in that time that it was ingrained in them. It was ingrained in them what submission to a man looked like. And actually, when Jesus came along, he started to pull women out of that subservient role and lay them out as equals with man. And so Paul is writing to a group of men, and and I think, and again, this is just from my own head, so research this on your own, but but my guess is that Paul starts here and doesn't give any details because he's like, if, if he were speaking to a group of ladies, he would be like, ladies, you know how to do this, but I got to say this so that the men will listen to the next thing I'm about to say, all right? Submit to your husbands. It's the way it's always been. Now I've said it. Now the men are going to hear what I say next. All right? That's, that's my thought process of what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying that so that men will hear what is next. And he says this in the next few verses. He says, husbands, Love your wives as Christ loved the church. Now he goes into all kinds of details for men. He goes into all kinds of details for how men should love their wives. And this, if you really dive into this, this is a beautiful, gorgeous image of what a marriage should look like. It is absolutely incredible. He says this, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's a pretty big call. To love our wives as well as Jesus loved us. To make her holy. Everything that we do in a relationship. And, and, and guys, the ladies of this time knew what it meant to encourage and build up their men because that was ingrained in them from the, the very beginning and they were just, you do what a man says. All right? Now our culture is different And we live on this same level, which is awesome. And I'm a firm believer that is the way that it is supposed to be. And so now this applies to the men. And men, if we are loving our wives this way, our wives will love us this way as well. That's all about how we love each other. And he says this. He says, make her holy. Everything we do in a relationship should make the other person closer to Jesus Christ should make the other person grow, should make the other person be a person that that is closer to Jesus Christ. And guys, it starts with us as men in the dating relationship. It starts with us stepping up and loving girls the right way. It starts with us stepping up and treating girls, the girls we date and the girls we don't date, the right way. The way we look at them, the way we value them, the way we talk about them. We have to up our game. We have to do better. Because guys, as much as we would like to say women are on an equal playing field and that's the way that it should be and we are leaps and bounds ahead, I'm afraid culturally we're still not quite there. It starts with us. And when we are loving the women in our lives the right way, why wouldn't they love us back? 
Guys, this, this right here, um, this verse is my favorite verse in the entire Bible. It's my life verse. It's the verse that I want to, at the end of my life, if I could have accomplished this goal right here, it would be awesome. Uh, matter of fact, last year, I got it, uh, a symbol of it tattooed on my chest, a heart with my wife's name on it with all the visual effects of what this verse means because it's so vital that we step up and we live this out. And listen, listen, when we can start living this out, our marriages will be better. I've been there. I've been in that spot where I have not lived this out in my own marriage. And I've seen where I've taken a step and I've made some changes and they were really hard. And I started to live this out and my marriage was so much better. Now, does that mean there's not, you're not going to have good days and bad days? No, you're always going to have good days and bad days. But at the end of the day, we should be living this out. He says, make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water through the word to present her to himself as a radiant church or other, uh, other versions say a radiant offering. Ladies, when you think about the way that a man should love you, you want to be radiant don't you? Like you want to just glow because a man in your life is loving you so well that you are just this radiant version of yourself. He says that's the way that husbands should love their wives. And and guys, when we love our wives this way, our wives are going to love us this way. You see, Paul was really intentional with the way that he started this because he started it talking about women submit, do what your husband says. You live in a culture that does that. And then he goes, men, this is the way you're to love your wives. Well, why wouldn't a woman submit and say, yes, you have my best interests at heart. And... And, and, and it's, it's so much about, man, building each other up and, and taking into account each other's feelings and putting the other person first and making sure that, that you are valuing the other person while valuing yourself. Again, going back to guarding your heart as well. To present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. I love this idea that when we are in a relationship, we should walk out without wrinkles or blemishes or stains. I love this idea that when we love each other the right way, we start to smooth out the wrinkles and the blemishes and the stains that have been placed on us. When we're in a relationship where we love each other the right way, God begins to heal the wounds and the hurts that have been a part of our past. When we love each other the right way, we begin to become the person that God created us to be. And that's why it's so vital, guys, that we've answered this question this month. How do you find and maintain healthy relationships? It's so vital that we find and maintain healthy relationships because relationships have the potential to heal us and make us the person God created to be, us to be, or they have the potential to damage us and draw us further from the person God created us to be. 
And this is a, just a beautiful vision of what a marriage should look like. And I love it because Paul is saying this to people that have already accomplished their dream of being married. And my hope is that when you get to that spot and you are married to the person that you have defined the dream for, that you will say, all right, I've got to keep working on it. I've got to keep improving. I've got to keep loving better. I've got to keep serving. I've got to keep, keep building the other person up. I've got to keep encouraging them. Uh, and, and just that you would just continue to grow and improve. Because when we stop growing and improving, the relationship starts to die. I will never forget one of the... Uh, not one of the saddest things I've ever heard um, in a relationship was something that I just overheard at a store I was in. I, I heard someone talking to someone else, and they were talking about um, their significant other and how they go home, and uh, after a long day of work, they don't want to talk to their significant other. They need like four hours to go and play video games, and their significant other is really frustrated because they ignore them now to go and play video games. And I just thought, man, there was a time where you chased that person. You chased that person so that they would be interested in you, and you, and you encouraged them, and you built that up, and you dated, and you invested in them, and then... When you finally achieved the dream of being married or moved in or whatever this couple had, you stopped. And I know I'm talking way into the future. But my hope is that when you get to that future spot, you won't stop. That you will continue to grow, that you will continue to improve that you will read marriage articles and marriage books and take stuff in and find stuff you agree with and find stuff you disagree with and find stuff that works for you and your relationship and find stuff that doesn't work for you and your relationship and you will just continue to grow. And you will take those steps. And, and guys, this, this doesn't just apply to marriage. A friendship that you have that doesn't keep growing dies. The last thing we want is for our relationships to end up in a case under the bed forgotten about. I tried to dig my guitar out today, and I had a hard time finding it. I had to pull out, like, suitcases and sleeping bags, and it was shoved as far into the middle as it could possibly go where it could not be reached because I, I just never touch it these days. And sadly, that's the way a lot of relationships look. And my hope is that when you get to that spot, you will say, all right, I'm, I'm going to keep practicing. I'm going to keep growing. I'm going to keep improving myself. And so um, here's the deal. God wants you to have an awesome marriage. God wants you to have an incredible relationship. God wants you to find the person that you are supposed to spend your, the rest of your life with. And he wants you to just continually grow together. He, he wants you to say, all right, five years ago, I am in such a much better place than I was five years ago with my husband or wife. 
And, and then when you're 20 years married, he, he wants you to look back and be like, dude, this has been awesome. Yeah, there's been really hard times, but we have an incredible life together and we're still growing. And then when you're in your 80s, he wants you to look back and say, man, this has just been awesome. And yeah, there's some good times and there's some bad times, but I just have this incredible life together. One, one more story. We have this couple at our church. They come to first service and... Um, just the coolest thing. Uh, I stand and I greet people every morning as they come in for the 8.30 service. And there's this older couple that parks out in the parking lot. Um, not right up here close, but just like the first row past the grass. And every morning, every Sunday morning, I, walk in, I look at them walking in and they're just holding hands. And you can tell they are just so excited to be with each other. And I think to myself when I see them, that's what I want with Kirsten. That when we are 80, 90 years old, we are walking in, we are just holding hands because we are so excited and we are just continuing to grow with each other and we are so excited to be together. And I hope that's what you want as well. But it takes work. It takes continual improvement and continual growth. And so how do we find and maintain healthy relationships? You guys are right here right now finding your healthy relationships. You define your dream and you move toward that dream. That, that's, that's where you guys are. Define your dream, move toward that dream. And when you achieve that dream years from now, I hope that there is a little part of you in the back of your brain that says, all right, I'm going to keep working on it. I'm going to keep working on it. I'm going to keep growing and improving. And I'm going to live out the verse in Ephesians that says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And there's this radiance to our relationship. And it is absolutely incredible. Find and maintain healthy relationships. Define your dream. Chase your dream. And never stop growing and improving. Uh, I, I want to give you guys a practical challenge. I give you a practical challenge every single week. This week is no different. The practical challenge this week is this. Tell a friend what your dream is for your future marriage. Talk about it. Talk about it with someone. This, this is the type of person that I want to be married to. This is the type of relationship that I want to have. This is, um, this is how I want them to treat me. And just begin a dialogue with each other about what that looks like. And the things that you see in other relationships that you would like to incorporate into your own relationship and the things you see in other relationships that you're like, man, if I can avoid that, I hope to avoid that. Start this dialogue now, this week, and begin thinking through this because you are in the phase where you are chasing your dream and you're defining your dream. And later, you can get to the phase where you never stop improving. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for tonight.